I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to the third episode of the HR Coffee Time podcast. I'm your host, Faye Wallace, and I've made the HR Coffee Time podcast especially for you to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. I'm a career coach and an outplacement specialist and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that you may hear a few quiet banging noises in the background halfway through the episode where someone else in my house started opening and closing a door and then walked up and down the stairs. I'm now beginning to see the allure of recording in a proper studio instead of a room in my house (laughs) and I hope that the sounds don't detract from the episode too much and that you're still able to enjoy it. In this episode I'll be helping you to come up with ideas for dealing with a difficult person at work and by a difficult person I mean someone who is affecting your career or your happiness at work. So it might be your boss, it could be a colleague, or it could be someone who works for you. Or it might be someone on another team who you have to interact with on a regular basis, but you're finding really difficult to work with. Now, I know this is a bit of a generalisation, but if you're working in HR, it's very likely that you usually enjoy working with other people And you probably find it easy to get along with most people because you have been drawn to a role that is very people focused. But no matter how good you are with most people, at some point, someone will have come along whose behaviour or attitude you just don't understand. So it means that you find them difficult. And this could be for a whole host of reasons. They might seem cold, aloof, unreasonable, 
demanding, extremely critical, flaky, someone who overpromises and underdelivers, rude or hostile. And no matter what you try, nothing seems to work with them and you just find yourself dreading bumping into them and you're probably trying to avoid them, silently wishing that they'll just leave the organisation so that your life will become that little bit easier. And of course, this won't have only happened to you at work. There will have been other times in your life when you've come across difficult people. In fact, I still remember the first time I came across someone I found truly difficult. I was on a school trip to Israel when I was 17, and there was a girl on the trip from my year at school who I didn't know very well. I tried to be welcoming and friendly to her because she didn't know as many people on the trip as I did. But... <laughs> I was met with sneers, rolls of her eyes, dramatic sighs if I said anything that she clearly didn't agree with, and she even made little digs about the books that I'd taken away with me to read in our spare time, which she told me in no uncertain terms were stupid. <laughs> and I was just completely mystified. I'd never had someone react to me like that before, and the harder I tried to win her over, the worse it felt her behaviour got until I realised that actually staying quiet around her and trying to avoid her as much as possible made my life easier because it meant it was harder for her to have a go at me or act in a really passive-aggressive way. But looking back on that situation, I realised that we had completely different behavioural types. If I'd known then what I know now, I would have handled the situation completely differently. What I hadn't realised was that her communication preferences were very different to mine. Not better or worse, just different. The way that she experienced the world was pretty much the opposite to how I did, and it meant that she probably preferred interactions that were slower paced and based in logic and facts, rather than my non-stop stream of chatter that would have been, knowing me, based on emotions and people. She was a lot quieter than I was, and I'd see her moments of quietness in a conversation as a time to jump in and rescue her, because in my mind, she must have run out of things to say if she wasn't talking, or maybe she didn't know what to say, rather than realising that she was probably reflecting on the conversation and gathering her thoughts before speaking next. I thought I was being helpful, but she probably thought I was being infuriating. So learning about different behavioural types is just one tool in your toolbox to help you build relationships with difficult people at work. There are lots of other tools that can help you as well, like learning how to be assertive or learning about how to communicate clearly and use body language effectively. But that would just be way too much to cover in one episode of the podcast, so I'm planning on talking about them in future episodes instead. And there are lots of different frameworks that you can use to understand what drives different people's behaviour. Myers-Briggs is the most famous one, but you may have come across others too, like Hogan, Insights or Belbin Team Roles. My favourite one, which I chose to be trained in, and I've actually had two sets of training in it, is called DISC. There are many reasons I like with like it, and I won't bore you by going into all the details, but essentially it's really well tested, really robust. It produces the same results no matter how many times you take the assessment, 
and most importantly of all, it's really easy to understand. Because the downside of Myers-Briggs to me is the fact that there are so many different profile types. It's hard to remember anyone's apart from your own, and in fact, even remembering your own can be challenging. Whereas DISC can be split into four different styles. Now, it's much easier for us all to remember four different styles, and of course there are more than four different behavioural types in existence, and we're often a blend of two different styles. DISC can be split into 12 different types in total, but at the bedrock of it are these four distinct foundations. And I'm going to talk you through the four main DISC categories, and while you're listening to them, see if you can figure out which one or two you probably fall into. And if you've got a difficult person at work, which one or two your difficult person at work falls into. You'll also find that being able to recognise different behavioural types will help you with all your relationships in life. Whether that's your boss, your family, your friends or your colleagues, it can be incredibly useful in almost any situation. Because after all, people have different things motivating and driving us in life. We've got different strengths, different preferred behaviours, different tendencies, different communication styles and different ways of responding to conflict. And DISC is a really handy tool for helping us to understand what these are. Because when you understand what your own are and what those of the people around you are, it can be incredibly helpful as it can help you to figure out the best way of handling them and building a relationship with them. Because although at the moment you probably just wish your difficult colleague would quit and disappear from your life completely, in reality there's someone you have to work with. So the ideal solution is to find a way to build a relationship with them and work together successfully. Now, I know you're probably not going to become best friends after listening to this podcast episode, but hopefully your working life is going to get a bit easier as a result. So, with DISC, each letter stands for a different behavioural style. We've got D, I, S and C. D and C styles tend to be task-focused, while I and S styles tend to be people-focused. D is for dominance. If you've ever used an insights assessment which uses colours rather than letters, D is known as fiery red. And people with D preferences are doers and action takers. They drive things forward quickly. They can be very direct and they're often competitive, pushing themselves to achieve more and more. They can be strong-willed, fast-paced, pioneering, results-oriented and forceful. They are not afraid of conflict and challenge, and they're willing to tackle tough issues. If you have a person at work you're finding difficult who has a D profile, while you have a different letter profile to them, you may wish that they'd just slow down their pace, pay more attention to details, not make decisions that to you seem rash. You might wish that they'd be more patient or show more sensitivity. D styles don't tend to be very detailed, so while they launch a new project and ask you to complete it, they're unlikely to have given much thought as to how much work is involved or how you're going to get the results that they want. People with a D profile are motivated by challenge. They need authority, freedom and control. 
and they may fear failure, losing power or losing status. The biggest ways to irritate them are by working slowly, moaning or waffling and taking a long time to get to the point with things or being overly detailed when speaking to them, which is something I can definitely be guilty of myself. Deeds are in a hurry, so you need to get straight to the point with them. And if there's someone at work you're finding difficult and you think from listening to this that they have a D style, some ideas to win them over include bringing solutions to them rather than problems, getting straight to the point when speaking to them, staying positive and being assertive, and also complimenting them when you see them doing something well. Try not to tell them what to do, but give them a choice of options, as control is important to them. So by having options, this helps them feel they still have an element of control in decisions. For example, you can say to them, here are two options, which one do you think we should go with? this one or this one. If they've piled too much work onto you, you can say, I'm working on three projects right now and we're not going to be able to hit all of their deadlines for the amount of work that needs to be done. Which of these three should I drop, A, B or C? Let's now move on to take a look at the I style next. I stands for influence. If you've used of or heard of insights before, I is the same as sunshine yellow in the insights assessments. And people with I preferences are often open, talkative, warm, trusting, outgoing, and they can be very convincing and persuasive. They raise the energy level in the room with their enthusiasm and their optimism. They're people focused and they're good at talking about emotions and communicating with empathy. They place an emphasis on relationships and enjoy collaborations, and they're good at influencing others. They like taking action, like the D style, and they're very good at coming up with new ideas. They're also good at opening up discussions, involving others, and getting people excited about moving towards goals. They can make decisions quickly and will often use instinct to make them. They keep other people in mind when making decisions because they're careful not to do things that will upset other people. But they're not necessarily great at details. And under pressure, they can be disorganised or overlook other details in tasks. They might also seem overly emotional at times to other people. They can take on too much because of their optimism. They may seem impulsive and they can find it hard to follow through completely on their tasks or stay focused for long periods of time. People with an eye profile are motivated by recognition and praise. They need interaction and attention. So the lockdowns throughout the pandemic are likely to have been quite challenging for them. They'll have missed the social interaction from the office. People with the I style don't like negativity and they have a fear of being disliked or of social rejection. So if there's someone at work with an I style you're finding difficult, try to present your ideas to them with enthusiasm and make them seem exciting. Allow them time to ask you questions. They care about people and emotions, so focus on these when you're talking to them instead of presenting ideas with loads of data that they may find dry. Make time to chat to them. They'll be happy if you approach them informally and in person if possible. And they'll normally enjoy having a chat with you over a cup of coffee. So let's move on to the S style next. S 
stands for steadiness and it's known as earth green in the insights assessments. It's often known as the peacemaker role. People with the S style are often described as even-tempered, accommodating, patient, supportive and stable. They're highly dependable, loyal, caring and great team players. They are often the glue that holds teams together and their strengths lie in considering other people's feelings, communicating tactfully and finding compromises. They're quieter than the D and I profiles and they're excellent at listening to others. They value harmony and stability and they tend to be inclusive. Calm and easygoing, they want to know there's harmony when it comes to relationships and tasks. They have more patience for long-term projects than the D and I styles and they want to help other people's ideas work. Although they like working with others like the I style, they're more reserved and less animated than the I style. Fairness and justice are very important to them, as are family and friends. They don't like to upset others or let other people down. So if you ever need any help with something at work, an S-style will almost always be happy to step forward and help you if you ask them. The downsides are that they can be too trusting, they tend to be cautious and can be slow in making decisions. They like to check with others and seek out information to make sure they don't make a bad decision. So under pressure, they can slow right down or be overly accommodating of other people and ignore problems. Because they value stability and security, they can be resistant to change, but they will accept it if the change is people-friendly and is well thought through. It might be hard to get constructive feedback from some S-styles because they may be wary of upsetting you. Because other people's happiness is important to them, they can overload themselves sometimes, taking on way too much work because they don't want to say no or let other people down. So if you're finding someone with an S-style difficult, be aware that they hate conflict. It means raising your voice or getting angry with them, being argumentative is not going to get you anywhere they'll be likely to shut down or go out of their way to minimise contact with you going forward. So if you have a D style, this is something to be really careful of. Reasons you may find an S style difficult to work with could be because they've taken on too much and so they're struggling to, take on top, struggling to stay on top of their workload or they're risking burning themselves out. Or you might get the feeling they're not telling you if they're unhappy about something at work because they don't want to upset or offend you. They may find it difficult to make a decision and if that's the case you can really help them by patiently allowing them to talk through their options and thinking with you. That will help them to reach a decision. But it might be that you're finding them difficult because they're resistant to a new idea or a new initiative that you'd like to launch and if that's the case try to speak to them one-on-one. -on -one. Reassure them, give them a chance to speak they're such good listeners, it can be easy to have a one-sided conversation with them and not hear what's on their mind. Show them your plans and talk them through what will happen at each stage because that will really help to put their mind at rest and get them on board with your idea. Now let's move on to the C style next. C stands for conscientiousness and is known as cool blue in the insights assessment. And people who have a C profile are often known as perfectionists. 
People with the C style are calm, careful, detail-oriented, analytical, precise, and they produce thorough work of extremely high quality. Like the D style, they're task-focused rather than people-focused, but they don't usually have the same fast pace as the D style because of their desire to make sure that details aren't overlooked. Many C styles enjoy developing expertise and high levels of knowledge on a certain topic. They're cautious, methodical, and they can also be skeptical, meaning that they'll often question new ideas, taking a logic-based approach, and that can throw other styles off guard sometimes. For example, when someone with an I style comes up with a plan based on instinct or emotion, a C style is unlikely to be convinced by the idea without questioning it or being presented with facts and data to support it. In fact, they'll be comfortable pointing out what they see as flaws in the proposal, but to someone with an I style, they may feel like that person is being hypercritical. C styles' own fears are people criticising their work or being wrong. When under pressure, they can slow right down because they'll start to go into even more detail when actually that might not be necessary. And if you're finding someone with a C style difficult to work with, be aware that they like to receive written communication and to have details, data and facts provided. So if you're planning on having a conversation with them and you want them to get on board with an idea, it's well worth sending them a detailed email either beforehand or afterwards for them to refer to and absorb. C-style people may often appear quiet and reserved. They won't necessarily volunteer an opinion, but they'll happily provide one if asked. As they're reflective, they may pause before answering, so be sure to give them time and space to reply when speaking to them. So hearing this description of the C style, you may have realised that this is probably the behavioural style of the girl who I found difficult on the school trip all those years ago. We are all a blend of all four of the styles, but you'll find that we tend to lean towards one or two of the styles more than the others. For an example, I'm an SI style. So I'm predominantly an S style, but I have got quite a few I tendencies too. I have a tiny bit of C in my profile, which I see manifesting itself in the fact that this one podcast episode has taken me days and days to create because I've become too perfectionist about getting it right. But the fact that I mainly have S and I in my profile means that I have a very different behavioural style to the person I was telling you about. And if I was to go back in time, I would slow right down, give her more time to talk about herself and voice her thoughts, and I'd definitely try to seem less emotional when talking about things. So I'm hoping that by listening to these descriptions, you'll have started to get a feel for which behavioural styles you may have, and which ones a person at work who you found difficult might have. Because that means that you can have a think about how to approach them and work with them differently. Because if what you've been doing already hasn't been working, it gives you the chance to think about how you can do things differently, tailoring things and tailoring your approach to their behavioural style, and just see what happens. I thought it might also help to hear some real life examples of when I've used DISC with my coaching clients. I had one coaching client who has a DC profile, so she has a strong tendency towards D and C. 
She is fantastic at details, at getting tasks done and achieving high results. But she missed out on a promotion into a senior leadership role because she was told she wasn't delegating and some of the people who worked for her found her aloof and distant. After she completed a DISC assessment and we talked it through together, she realised that the people with I and S in her team needed recognition from her and to have face-to-face time with her. She found it a bit uncomfortable at first, but she managed to find ways to delegate her work and trust that it would be done to a high enough standard to meet her C-style needs. She also started praising the people in her team when she spotted them doing something well at work. Apparently, the first time she said well done to someone, the person nearly keeled over with shock. Because recognition isn't important to her behavioural style, it had been hard for her to fully appreciate how important it is to some of the other styles. And the impact of the coaching on her has been really profound. She's far more confident in her abilities as a leader and she's really proud of her team and how they've all developed and grown together, which has just been wonderful to see. Looking at a different career challenge that is more to do with difficult people or a client who was finding someone at work difficult, I have another coaching client who was finding his CEO incredibly difficult. So the person I was coaching worked in a senior HR role, but he kept having his ideas shot down as being unimportant. He has an I behavioural style, which is very people focused. He just couldn't understand how the CEO couldn't see the importance of the people projects he was putting forward. After all, in his mind, it's the people who are crucial to the business. Keep the people happy and the business will do well. Whereas for C's and D's, they tend to take the approach of focusing on tasks, getting work done, that will mean the business will be a success and then that should make the people happy. So after he did his DISC assessment and we talked it through together, he could see that the CEO was a combination of the C and D profiles and this isn't unusual. Studies show that in the UK, between a third and a half of all CEOs have a finance background. And of course, working in finance involves having an analytical mind and being very detailed, which leans towards that C profile. So he changed his approach. Instead of putting his ideas forward, backed up with enthusiasm, energy and words like, this is going to be brilliant for our people and really make a difference to them. He started introducing facts, figures and demonstrations of how his ideas could affect the business from a financial perspective. Suddenly, projects that he had spent years trying to get through are being given the go-ahead and he's building a much happier and stronger relationship with the CEO. So if you'd like to learn more about DISC, there is a brilliant book written by Thomas Erickson called Surrounded by Idiots. And I know he has another book due out soon called Dealing with Difficult People and I'm really looking forward to reading that. I actually hated the title Surrounded by Idiots because it felt so negative and judgmental. It really put me off reading the book for ages. But I'm so pleased that I saw past that because the book is fantastic. It's written in a really engaging style with lots of real life examples that bring DISC to life. 
I know that it's a lot of information to take in in one podcast episode, and it might be hard to remember the different letters and what they mean, or you might be wondering what a DISC report actually looks like. And of course, although you can guess what your profile is or what other people's profiles are, the best thing to do really is to get yourself and those people to take a DISC assessment if you can. So if you'd like to see an example DISC report to help you with all of this, I'll be adding one to the DISC page of my website or just get in touch and I can send one over to you. If you'd like to have some coaching to help you deal with a difficult person at work or to help you overcome a different career challenge and you'd like to complete a DISC profile and use this as part of your coaching, just let me know. You can always reach me on LinkedIn or by email. And my email address is faye, without an E on the end, at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. And if you've been listening to this episode with someone else in mind, perhaps a team at work that aren't working well together, or someone in the organisation who's struggling with a difficult person on their team, of course I'd love to help them too. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and you found it helpful. If you did, please do subscribe to the show so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If I could also ask you to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts for me, that would be wonderful. So I'd like to finish by saying a huge thank you to the people who have rated and reviewed the show for me so far. Because Apple Podcasts doesn't display your real name when you leave your review, I'm not sure who you all are, so I haven't been able to contact all of you individually to say thank you. Please do let me know if you're one of the people so that I can say a big thank you. And for the people who have let me know they've left a rating and review, so Holly, Lisa, Jackie, Joe, a huge and heartfelt thank you to all of you. I really appreciate your support and I'm so pleased you've been enjoying the podcast.